And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney and a partner with the law firm of Mauk and Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. You can learn more about us by going to maukbaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call 312-726-1243. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter for news and info about faith and the law. Sometimes the best gift you can give a community is a way to use their talents and skills that they already have. Instead of buying more stuff during the holidays, consider giving a gift that has the potential of growing exponentially. Today, our guest is Debbie Berkey. She is the Great Lakes Senior Regional Representative for Hope International. Hope International is a network of microfinance institutions operating in 17 countries around the world, working to empower men, women, and families to break the cycles of physical and spiritual poverty throughout this or through discipleship, biblically-based business training, saving services, and small loans. Hope's mission is to invest in the dreams of people in the world's most underserved communities while proclaiming the living out of the gospel. Debbie, welcome to the show. Yeah. That's a That's mouthful. mouthful. It, is. it really is. Well, we have a lot. We don't have much time and we have a lot to get to. So uh, give us a background. I just read this incredible statement, which I happen to know is true because I'm very involved with Hope International, which is why you're on the show. Tell me a bit about Hope and and your involvement in it as the regional senior representative. Yes. So uh, I've been uh, living in the western suburbs of Chicago for many, many years, raised my family in Oak Park, have a heart for the underserved, and uh, and was really drawn to the Ministry of Hope International. It really resonated with me as an entrepreneur. So I had my own business and my own landscape design business for 20 years. I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. And uh, I also raised four children. And so I have this perspective on how blessed I've been to be able to have the the opportunities uh, to start a business, to have that support my family. I also have a unique perspective, I think, on raising children and uh, what it's like to be able to provide for my own children and uh, and also the some of the the struggles that there are with raising children raising them to be responsible what? struggles with children yes true uh, raising them to be responsible um, to take responsibility for their own lives to um, to not have a sense of being entitled um, uh, and to um, just to know that they are being raised in the faith. Um, these are things that resonate with me and that that were um, connections to me as I heard about the ministry okay, and work. So I just hope. have to jump in right here. What does hope have to do with all those things you just said? So hope provides the opportunity for employment and jobs. I say that hope is all about Jesus and a job. And it's all about the dignity that comes from imaging God 
through our work. There's a lot of ministries that claim to be doing the same thing. Um, one of the words that I heard you is women and children or families. Mm-hmm. How is Hope working with women and children and families uh, in that capacity? Um, well, if, if, if it's okay with you, I'd love to go back to the statement you made about- Go back, yeah, do it. Yeah, you said, and I'd like to sort of unpack that we say we invest in the dreams of families living in underserved communities by proclaiming and living the gospel. And I say Hope International doesn't give to families living in underserved areas. We invest in people because we believe in the capacity that God has has given them. That could be a lot of gobbledygook, or that could be something really, really significant. Tell us what you mean by invest. By investing, it means that we go into underserved areas and we provide financial services to individuals who have been labeled as um, worthless, who don't understand their capacity. Bad credit risks? Well, people who have no, um, who are not able to be uh, served by regular uh, banks and people who are considered, yes, bad credit risks because they are, they may be um, handicapped. Um, they may be um, women. Women in many of the countries where we serve are uh, the most marginalized and the most excluded from banking and opportunity. Um, uh, they may be very poor as well. Yes. And have no resources of their own. Exactly. These are individuals who have been really excluded, who um, have no options. And so people who live in poverty really have little, uh, they don't have the collateral that the rest of us are able to bring to a bank. And so they are excluded from financial services that would be the opportunity that they, that they would have to be able to take the dreams, take the abilities that God has given them and use them to further uh, uh, promote, to support their own families and to have an impact in the community. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Malk and Baker. Today, we're speaking with Debbie Berkey of Hope International. You've just told me all these things about hope. Give me an example of somebody who would fit that category Okay. that you're working with. Okay. Um, I'd love to tell you about um, Severa. Severa lives in um, Rwanda, and every year, Hope International uh, seeks to highlight and celebrate one of our entrepreneurs um, who has demonstrated really the grit and the determination to grow a business and then to have that business impact the community. All right. Even before you go on, you, you just said a couple things for our listeners also. So you're not giving away things. You're actually making loans to these young entrepreneurs or these uh, marginalized entrepreneurs. Exactly. And how does that work? Uh, Do they they pay it back? Yes. 98% repayment rate across the network for hope. And that is quite common in microfinance. So microfinance allows, uh, allows us to give small loans to people who are um, have ideas, have the determination, have the will 
to move forward with their lives, but just do not have access. And so we do that through microfinance institutions, which are registered banks. And we do that through uh, the church, where we train the church to have their own savings groups, um, where people come together and save their own money so that they have a collective pot from which to lend to one another to be able to invest in each other's businesses. I have a feeling I'm not going to get through everything I want to talk to you about. There's so <laughs> much in what you're saying. All right. So let's go back to your example. Okay. You made a loan to this uh, person. Severa. Yes. So Severa lived in, lives in uh, Rwanda and she uh, was struggling. She and her husband had a plot of land and just could not make enough to feed their family. Um, and so she heard about she heard about our microfinance institution in Rwanda, which is Urwego Bank, and heard that they serve women and was thrilled about that. Went to them and was given a loan. It was a group loan. So in the the majority of our loans in our microfinance institutions are group loans where people are given a loan, but they're placed in a trust group where they cross-guarantee each other's loans and have the support and encouragement of others in that group. So she was placed in a trust group, given a loan. Her first investment was to buy peanuts so that she could begin selling peanuts at market and did quite well with that. And So how much was the loan? The loan was for around $50, what we would say $50. Okay, that, that's not even going out to dinner for us. It's inconceivable for us, isn't it? But that was huge for her. That was huge for her. And this is why they're called micro loans. And and so, well, and, and I just have to ask this. So this is a not-for-profit organization, but you're making loans with interest. How, how does the money, what happens with this money? So the money that is lent, uh, so we charge an interest rate because our goal is sustainability. And we really believe that um, in, in empowering individuals and empowering communities. So the microfinance institutions charge an interest rate that is appropriate for the community in which they live so that those institutions can be self-sustaining. So that if hope ever went away, that, that institution would still be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so our goal is that they would cover expenses. And then as I raise money, which is my privilege in the Great Lakes for Hope International, that goes to a, an increased loan portfolio that allows us to meet the needs of individu- individuals like Severa, who went on uh, 10 years later now. Severa has birthed numerous businesses. She has 50 employees in the community. That's really hard to believe. Yeah, yeah. Starting From 50 so bucks. Small, yes. Um, uh, she now has a painting business, a supermarket. She has her own farm. She has rental properties. She has adopted eight orphans. And we find this over and over and over again that our clients are so, so uh, big hearted, so generous with uh what they are able to create for themselves that immediately after being able to feed their families and to send their kids to school, they start they start uh, tithing and they start uh, reaching out in the community and meeting needs. Coming up, we will talk further with Debbie Berkey about Hope International and how it is providing resources and services to improve communities and their livelihood. I'm Rich Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, partner with the law firm of Malkin Baker, and we're talking with Debbie Berkey of Hope International about building up communities and relationships through microfinance. Uh, Debbie, uh, we were talking about Severa when the break came, and we had to cut it off before you actually got to finish that story. So would you pick it up? This is the lady who started out with 50 bucks, and now she has how many businesses? I don't know. I think she has half a dozen businesses, but she employs 50. And I really wanted the chance to just end her story by saying she's really experienced spiritual transformation as a result of her relationship with Hope. Um, And she claims, she says, I gained a relationship with God from my struggles with poverty. I learned how to lean on God with a little or a lot. My problems are no longer a challenge to me because I take them to Him. And this is the kind of success that we measure is not only material impact, but spiritual impact. So how did you come to the place of, of measuring that? It, it, many organizations that are not-for-profit would just look at, well, we gave away 500 blankets or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or this or that. Mm-hmm. I think unique, uh, hope is uniquely positioned in the way that you evaluate success. How, how did that come about? It came about uh, because we believe that poverty is more than a lack of material things, more than a lack of stuff, but a brokenness in relationships. And it's a brokenness in relationship with God, with self, with others, and with the environment. And so similarly to uh, diagnosing a, 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 an illness, you have to have the right diagnosis so that you apply the right Uh, remedy, the right medicine. And in this case, to know that poverty is deeper and broader than just material lack means that we come in with the gospel of Jesus Christ and not just a hand up with a a loan and saving services. We come in integratively, if I can use that word. It's it's a holistic approach. Um, And we learned it the hard way because Hope started as a failed charity effort by a home builder in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, who went with his church to Zaporozhye, Ukraine, for three years in a row, helping after the fall of the Iron Curtain with containers of medical supplies and clothing and uh, and uh, food, and the the what happened was unintended result. Uh, he, the the pastor and those he, they were ministering to there eventually asked them not to come anymore because it was um, creating dependence in the congregation. That seems so counterintuitive totally. to, to the way that we work. So totally. It would be crushing to many of us, I think, to to recognize that that the ways that we've been trying to help have actually been harmful, not even neutral, but harmful. Um, and so we we've learned from our own mistakes. And so we recognize that not only do we want to see people as created in the image of God with potential and capacity, but we also see them as being designed to have relationship with Christ. And so if they gain the world, just like with us, if they gain the world but lose their soul, then we've then we've lost. Then they haven't flourished. True flourishing is that holistic. And so we, we measure on that, um, we call it the hope quotient. We measure, uh, have tools to measure. Are we having impact materially, socially, spiritually, and personally? Uh, your impact goes beyond just the individual, though. You've already mentioned the family. But I think it goes into whole communities. Am I right on that? Yes. Tell me, absolutely tell me right. a little bit about that. So, well, so how does that happen? That happens because uh, partly on this in the uh, 
savings group model that we have, we're impacting churches. Wait a minute. I thought we were making loans. What, tell me about savings groups. Well, the savings groups are, are loans too, but they happen as a ministry of the local church. So um, we have we have found for 10 years, we provided micro loans through banking institutions. And then we realized that for the very, very poorest of the poor, those who are just above destitute, that even taking out a loan from a banking institution was not appropriate. And that the, what they needed was to have um, the ability to save their own money and to lend to each other. It sounds counterintuitive. It sounds impossible. How could the poorest of the poor have So money? how much would they be saving? They would be saving five cents, 10 cents, 25 cents, a dollar a week as much as they're able to. And over time, through patience, this group collects enough money. In other words, they really form their own bank mm -hmm. so that then they begin to vet business ideas to each other. They care for each other as small groups in a local church. But there's this economic component where they're able to care for each other enough to be lending and supporting each other in business endeavors. You mentioned it's a small uh, – through a, a church. Yes. So what's the spiritual element to that uh, loan association or that lending group? So that it, it's very similar to what small groups would be like in our local churches. We have, um, uh, so we call it the five W's. Every meeting they come together, they have a welcome. They open the word of God together. They have worship. They have unbelievable unplugged worship <laughs> that I've witnessed in my life. Then they do the work, the work of saving or the work of lending. This is true in our trust groups with microfinance institutions too. Then the, the wrap-up includes the training and sending them off to um, fulfill what God has for them in their own lives. So this that impacts churches. That is, a, that is an evangelistic opportunity for churches. And then within communities, as people prosper, as people begin to support themselves, be able to care for their own families, it spills out into... Uh, care for those in the community. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of Malkin Baker, and I'm speaking with Debbie Berkey of Hope International. As you can see, I'm quite invested in this conversation. <laughs> I've, I've been involved with the ministry for a lot of years, mm. uh, and just it's a very unusual place because um, it's not gospel talk. It's gospel doing. And I, one of the things that you've really talked about is dignity. Mm -hmm. for those that you're working with. How does, what's that idea for hope? That idea is that God, every person is created in the image of God with dignity. I got to tell you, Debbie, whether I'm talking law or I'm talking getting uh, loans with a finance guy or other things, as a Christian, that word made in the image of God comes up over and over and over again. How does that work out in Hope International? Well, I would say that our view towards people is not looking at them through the eyes of what they lack, through the grid of what they lack, but through the grid of who they have been created to be. And so how do you see people? So we see them with potential. I, I have in front of me, and I just have to do this, <laughs> a, a picture of a, a man in, in a uh, field hmm. uh with a huge smile on his face. His, his name is Alphonse. Tell me about Alphonse. I hang this on my mm. desk and look at it every day. Tell me about Alphonse. Alphonse uh, is from Rwanda. He was invited to join a savings group. So he, Alphonse is blind. And in the community where he lives, that would have been, would have meant that his, the hope for his future would only have been to be a beggar. He would have been labeled 
as a beggar. He would have been um, identified by his by his handicap. But uh, this local savings group, Hope uh, Created Savings Group, invited him to join their savings group. And he came to recognize that he was more than blind, that he was a man created in the image of God with capacity. And he had dreams and vision. And so they named the name of this group that he joined was called Let's Help Each Other. And he was able to um, save money through various business endeavors. He saved $5 initially, um, which meant that the members of this savings group planted were able to plant a garden. And they were all able to eat and have the food that they needed and then enough to sell. And then they saved more until they had $80. And through that $80, they were able to buy um, animals that then enabled them not only to have more for their own families, but to be able to sell milk and to be able to sell meat. And so uh, he no longer needed to beg. And he says his identity is now that he is a savings group member and that he is a child of God, not a blind man, not a beggar. I understand that he's not only gone on to help himself, but others as well. Yes. So how does that happen? That happens because he was able to start some other businesses that are able to employ others. And also he models to those in his community. And so he is, uh, he's a, a mentor in his community. But it's to many handicapped people yes, as well. Yes. So he, he is, uh, if you could see this picture that I'm looking at, it is so powerful to see the joy in his face. And you can see he's blind, but that really hasn't stopped him from, from God's purposes. We're going to run out of time, and I want you to tell us a little bit about hope, how people hear about it, uh, trips that you're doing, anything. Give us an idea of how, how people can get a hold of hope. Yeah. Uh, well, Hope International is, uh, we'd love to have um, more people involved in the, the Great Lakes area. And my goal is to raise awareness for hope and to build community. Community is everything. Um, in our model and where we work overseas, it's also everything here. And so I've found that there's just really beautiful uh, spirit when people come together. We say the people that are drawn to Hope International are people who have the mind of businessmen, bankers, entrepreneurs, the heart of a pastor, and the soul of development workers. And so it's that kind of coming together. Uh, so we have events that happen uh, through the year. I sponsor events. Um, Hope has events. And uh, I make sure that people know about those. That I have to get in here. Well, how can people get a hold of you? Where do they look up uh, Hope International? So Hope International is hopeinternational.org. And I'd really encourage you. It's a wonderful website with a lot of resources. Um, it includes a blog that uh, has some wonderful continued stories, like the ones that we just shared about Alphonse. Um, and my number is 847-980-5152. If anyone would like to uh, speak further and find out ways to get connected locally, nationally, as well as go on trips with me. Uh, every year I take trips overseas to see and celebrate what our entrepreneurs are doing. Debbie, thanks for speaking with us today. If you have a legal need or a question and want a perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Mauk and Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Gonna have to save somebody
Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody. 